Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to another handsome episode of your favorite Mad Men podcast, Made Man, where today, tonight, Friday night, I just finished watching Season 5, Episode 9, Christmas Waltz. It's Christmas time in the city. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, Christmas is a time of celebration, a time of joy, a time of sharing. Uh, but things don't seem to be going so well for Mr. Lane Price. Now, I don't consider myself a smart person. I don't understand things, per se. But it seems like... Lane owes taxes in England? That's my understanding of it. I don't know exactly what was going on there. The guy was talking about pounds and this and your majesty and blah, blah, blah. And it seems like Lane owes some sort of taxes. So, um, he has a grand idea to get that money. He, uh, oh, what did he do? He yelled at his wife at one point. It was like, Go back to bed. Uh, I'm Lane Price and go back to bed. Blah, blah, blah. I'm a very angry British man. And you feel bad for him because it seems like, you know, things just don't go Lane's way. You know, if he's he's got his, his, his girlfriend from the Playboy Club, well, that didn't go anywhere because his dad beat the crap out of him and he brought his family back to America. He's got some weird crush on some picture of some girl he found in a wallet, but that didn't go anywhere. And um, now he's in the hole for, I believe it was like $8,000. Problem is he doesn't have that money. So he, it's kind of, I shouldn't say it's kind of, when you're in charge of the finance for a company, I think what we just saw in this episode, now mind you, I could be jumping all over the place, but was this fraud? Was this, it was definitely stealing, right? So here's my, here's my idea of what happened. He owes this money to, um, back in England. He doesn't have the money. So he goes to the bank that provides credit to the firm. And he asked them for an extension of credit to $50,000. He doesn't tell anyone else, any of the other partners, this. And the guy says, sure, we'll, we'll extend your credit $50,000, which technically means they have $50 more thousand dollars to spend, but they don't actually have that money. It's just uh, more of a loan, I guess, right? That's how that works. So now he takes that $50,000 and he brings all the partners in to, the, in, to a meeting and tells them, going through the books, we found a surplus of $50,000. So what I'd like to do is um, provide Christmas bonuses for everyone here. And Don's like, that's great. We could wait till the Christmas party. And Lane's like, no, we should do it now. Because he wants that money to then give to the taxes. So they're like, no, we should wait. We should wait. And he's like, no, I want, I want to do it now. And... He finally folds, you know, they basically, they didn't really care about the Christmas bonus because there was another thing going on that was more important to the firm, actual business. And we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, 
I, I'm, I jump all over the place. You know this by now. This is like, you know, episode 60 or whatever. I don't know where I'm at, but believe me. Um, he really wants the money now so he can just get this paid and over with. He can't wait till Christmas. And so when they decide that the bonuses are going to have to wait until Christmas, give them out at the Christmas party as part of a, a, a very, you know, holiday gesture, he decides to one night break into, I, I want to say it's Joan's office, I think, goes through the checks, takes a blank check out, and he signs his name, and then he forges Don Draper's name and writes a check to himself for $7,500. So my thinking is, okay, he's taking this money now to pay off the taxes. He pays off the taxes, and now he'll wait for his Christmas bonus to come in. And Christmas bonus will come in, and he will probably give it back or, or never cash the check or something like that. So that that money goes back and is accounted for. The, whole, the, the only issue to me that I see is that this whole $50,000 isn't real. It's credit. It's a loan. It's not an actual thing. So I don't know if that is going to ever come up again. I feel like it must. It has to. Um, but it's like the guys really didn't care about the bonuses. And so, um, and we'll, we'll get to the end of that. We'll, we'll, let's cut off uh, Lane's. Oh, Lane's wife wanted to go to England. She's like, you know, I, I, I'd really like to go back and, and see my father. I think that's what she meant because she's like, oh, he's, you know, he's not doing well. Mother said, and Lane's like, oh, he's a, he's a stoic chap, something like that. I don't. I literally just watched it, and um, the mother's like, well, I could go, or I could just bring Nigel. It's Nigel, right? And Lane is like, I want to tell you something that I could possibly be getting Jaguar back. And I really need to be here, and I love. I don't want you to not be here. I don't want to spend another Christmas alone. Oh, Lane, that's wonderful news. We will, of course, we'll stay with you. My, but my thinking is, Lane's like, I can't afford to send you to England. I can't afford to pay for these tickets. You need to stay. So I'll just tell you, I really want you to be here. That's my understanding. That is how I took it, at least. Um, it's fun because we haven't seen Lane in a while, so. This episode brings us a lot of characters that we haven't focused on in a, in a while, or we haven't even seen. Oh yeah, we're going to get there. So, business-wise, the big thing going on in the office this episode is... I'm yawning, because that's what I do. Um, it's, it's the Jaguar. Now, I love Jaguar. I like saying Jaguar better, because that's how they say it in the commercials now. The Jaguar. It sounds fancier. It sounds more British. Um, Pete says it too. Pete says Jaguar. I think he says Jaguar. Jaguar? Growing up, I just say Jaguar. It's a Jaguar. It's a Jaguar. But I like to say Jaguar because it sounds better. Um, the big thing is, so there's that guy that they had. Uh, that Remember Lane had his friend and he wanted to do it one way. And then all the guys took him out and showed him like, you know, real time with prostitutes and everything that was the jaguar guy and it didn't work out excuse me and uh it didn't work out and they the guy got really embarrassed i think that led to the fight between pete and and um lane i think uh and they thought it was over with well now this guy is i guess he's going to be done at jaguar and pete's kept contacts over there and he 
is, you know, all they are finalists. There's finalists. There's other firms that are finalists. None of them have cars. So they're all going to be focusing on trying to get a car. Getting a car is a big deal. It's being the advertising agency for an automotive company um, seems to be a humongous deal. And that is the major focus of the business this side of time. I mean, we don't see really creative. We don't do anything with Ginsburg. We don't do anything with Stan or anything really with um, Peggy. She's in it a little, but nothing like what they're working on or anything like that. It's really just Jaguar, right? Yeah. Um, now, I'm jumping all over the place, but that's fine. Even Don. Don was in this episode, but he wasn't any focus. You know, he was there. Um, there was like at the beginning of the episode, he went to a play. Well, I would say right at the beginning, but he went to a play with Megan and the play was kind of about anti-consumerism, anti, he sees it as anti, um, um, advertising. And I think he was a little annoyed that he had to go to that and have to hear that took it out. He was a little rude to Megan. Megan's like, you make fun of acting all the time. And he's like, you know, you've made it clear you don't like advertising. I think he's still upset that he got her this wonderful job and she was really good at it and she left. Can, can you hear the siren? My wife's uncle, uh, rest in peace, used to say siren instead of siren. And it just always, I've always enjoyed that. So I like to say siren. Jaguar, Cyrene. Uh, sounds like a name. So, there was like this scene with, you know, they went to this play. It was probably like a big play in the 60s. Uh, or at least some, somewhat known. And that, that's what led to just, Don's like, I'm not hungry, but I will drink. And Megan, it, it wasn't a fight or anything. But it just, I wonder if it made Don question things. Because it seemed like at some point, he just wasn't into it. You know, sometimes you see him kind of, he's good at it, he loves it, and then other times he just kind of fades away and doesn't want to be a part of what he is. Like that years ago when he went to California to stay there and hung out with people and, and hung out and saw, saw Anna and stood in the ocean. Um, you know, he's had these, these moments of, what am I doing with my life? And I, I don't know exactly how the series ends. I mean, I've seen pictures... I have an idea. I don't know, but it always seems to be the the show is Don Draper trying to figure out who the hell Don Draper is, who the hell Dick Whitman is. Um, I didn't really see any evidence of that in this episode, except for you know people saying it to him. So he's in the office one day, and um, Joan gets a letter um, in the mail. Oh, says there's someone here to see you, Joan. Not a letter in the mail. And he's like, uh, Joan Harris? Yes, you've been served. And Joan flips out on the secretary, yells at her, you know, says she's incompetent, throws the Mohawk little airplane at her. Just kind of unfair. This girl didn't know any better. And she got served with divorce papers from Greg, the asshole husband. Don actually came out to see the commotion. And just whisked her away. Whisked her away and said, come on, let's go. So um, the big thing about Jaguar is they want people to test drive these cars, see what it's like, 
to um, get uh, an idea of, you know, knowledge of the actual product. And Pete was like, you should go. He goes, you should bring Megan, get a couple. And he's like, yeah, okay, right. You know, Don's even thinking Megan doesn't want anything to do with advertising now. She doesn't want to do this. She doesn't want to go there. Um, so what does he do? He takes Joan with her. Get Joan out of the office. She's like, it's too early for lunch. She's like, we're not going to lunch. Next thing you know, they're in the Jaguar, Jaguar uh, dealership, which looked like a really fancy showroom. Uh, and I'm correct that Jaguars are British cars, right? Yeah. Um, this fancy showroom with these fancy cars. And it's just amazing what these cars are probably worth. And hearing, you know, they look at these different cars and they're pretending to be a couple. And Don's like, uh, how much is this car? He's like, oh, it's $5,600. They want to take it out for a test drive. But the deal, the guy's like, um, I can't let you go alone. You know, I, you can drive or she can drive, but I have to go with you. And uh, Don's like, how much is the car worth? She goes, 50. He says, 5600 He writes a check for 6000 He goes, here's six. If we don't come back, consider we bought it. Now, that's risking the fact that that check is real. I mean, it could have been just these two connors just stole a car. So he takes Joan out and with the Jaguar and uh, they get some drinks and they just kind of talk. Uh, Don was just, John, Don was just being a good friend, I guess. Right. I mean, he talked about the car, not really meaning like he's like, car doesn't really do anything for me. She's and Joan says, it's because you don't, you have everything. You don't, you don't need anything, you know, like for someone who doesn't have the best life, um, seeing, getting a car like that is amazing. But Don, who's, you know, pretty much he's worked for it, but he's got a lot of great things. It's like, eh. What do I need this car for? You know, it, that was almost like, is this like a hint of the dawn of a new era for Don? A new dawn for Don. Um, I don't know. But they just kind of talked a little bit about Joan and divorce. And Don's like, it's, you don't realize that it's a, the great, a great thing. You don't realize how bad it had to get for it to get this far. And now you have a new beginning. And she's like, yeah, a new start to what? Date? And when do I tell people... Oh, I've got a child, and, and you know how do how do you deal with um, the child? What date do I tell that? And Don's like, when you go all the way, and they drank and had some laughs, and Don tried to get her to to dance, and I didn't see this. I it's weird because the old Don Draper, you think, oh, they're going to end up in bed together, but this Don Draper, I thought, then you know, Don's just being a good friend to a longtime friend, and Don talked about how he was afraid of her uh, when she was there early. How some of the guys in the office thought she was a lesbian. How, you know, like they, Bert, Bert said, you don't cross her. Um, and Joan talked about how, you know, it works. She has it all under control and all these things. But, you know, obviously at home, it's not that way. Uh, and there was a guy at the bar kind of looking at her. And Don said, what about him? What about him? Um, and... She was like, you know, she was like, what if he has someone at home? What if this? What if that? Finally, Don gives some money, gives, you know, takes a last drink and says, good night. Here's some cab here if it doesn't work out. So basically, he he was good. He left her. And, of course, he drunk drove the Jaguar back uh, to the dealership. Then he showed up back at home and he was stumbling and bumbling drunk. Uh, and Megan was pissed. 
because she had no idea where he was. He was he left work at noon, and he tried to say, "Look, I well." He told her, "He goes, this is what happened. We had to test drive. We went to Jaguar. We test drove a car. We got drinks with Joan. Drove uh, drove the car back." And she's like, "You need to tell me." She threw her spaghetti across the room. That's the spaghetti that led to the um, to the the what was the advertising for? Was it the hot dog? Was it a hot dog? I don't know what it was. It was beans, the Heinz beans, you know, with the all through the time. That's spaghetti to, to Megan, and she threw it. Oh, the spaghetti. Um, so Megan was really pissed, uh, and she's like, he's like, you know, she yelled at him, you used to like your job. And um, he said something about, you know, I, well, things. it's not the same there, is what he said. And I think she said, you used to like your job because why would you leave at noon and not go back? And he said, it's not the same there. And, I th- and what he meant was, because you're not there. And she said, you'd like the advertising before me. And they just kind of ate in silence. Um, I don't know. I think Don, I don't think Don dislikes his job. I don't think Don dislikes advertising. I, it seems like he actually gets fired up by the end of this episode. But I think Don dislikes is that Megan is doing this other thing. He's supporting her because he loves her, but he misses her at work. He liked having her there. She was good at it, and he was proud of her. And I think he maybe he feels not used, but he almost feels like, you know, like he, he helped um, bring her along. It's something she was actually really good at. And he kind of, not credit, but like, he was like, look what we accomplished. Look what you accomplished. And he supported her. And instead she's like, no, I really want to be an actress. And I don't even know if she can act. I mean, obviously the actress can act, but like, can Megan act? I've never, we've never actually seen her do anything. Are we ever going to see her perform? Is she going to be good? Is she going to suck? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, I think that was the end of kind of that, Don thing. Don wasn't, um, again, wasn't a huge part in this episode. He had his moments with Joan, but it was Joan's segment. It was Joan's story. Don was just there. Uh, Pete and Don talked a little bit Jaguar. Uh, Pete was, Don was there during the Lane stuff, but again, that was Lane's story with the, the credit and the taxes and the stealing and the bonuses. Um, and the Jaguar. Now, the end of the episode, um, why don't we wait on the end of the episode? Let's rewind back and see some characters that we haven't seen, haven't focused on recently, and one we haven't seen in, I want to say, years? Seasons? Not since Sterling, Cooper, Draper, Price. You know, they left the old Sterling Cooper and started their own firm I don't think we've seen Paul Kinsey once. Uh, maybe when they talked about because they worked at that other firm, maybe we saw him them before. Um, but I don't think we've seen him. And even when I heard the name, I was like, whoa, cool. I wondered what happened to him. Oh, what happened to Mr. Kinsey? So at the beginning of this episode, uh, while Lane was kind of meandering into the office, I think trying to... Oh, before he went and got the credit, uh, Lane met with Harry 
just to talk about projections for advertising for TV, but it's just projections. And Lane tried to use that to um, at the for the credit, but it, the guy was like, "Well, I don't really deal with projections. We deal with actual contracts and actual deals." Uh, but it was okay, I guess, because Lane got the fifty grand. Maybe he would have got more. I don't know. Um, but Harry is, uh, you know, he's a pretty big deal with TV. And let me tell you something. He got a oh wait a minute. Someone oh so Harry was in his office. He's got a TV in his office. The secretary was there trying to get the TV to work with the rabbit ears, and she said. Um, you have uh, a, a uh, call from Mr. Kinsey. And Harry was like, oh, oh, he didn't really want to deal with him. You could see he was kind of like, hadn't seen him in a while. And he was probably, excuse me, he was probably going to be asked for money. And um, I don't think Harry likes dealing with people awkwardly and hasn't seen this guy in a while. He's a little weird. Uh, and believe me, he's about to get a little weirder. So Harry's like, fine, well, um, meet for lunch. And he goes to this place. And this, we're like, where's Paul Kinsey? Wait, there's this big dude with a shaved head dressed in Harry Krishna. Now, I have to be honest with you. I don't know what Harry Krishna is. Is it a religion? Is it a movement? All I know, growing up, Harry Krishna were these guys in the airplane movie who said, Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna. And the whole joke was these people were always at the airport trying to get donations, trying to recruit you. I don't know if it's like, I don't want to, not a cult, but I'm saying, is it a practicing religion or is it a sect of religion? Um, it has something to do with Indian heritage, I think. Because, so... So um, Harry shows up and there's Paul in full, like head shaved, got the hair in the back, uh, got this yellow makeup on his face in a full gown. And Paul was like, oh my God. And he was like, this is, this is weird. Like he actually says, I, I should go, I should go. And then this woman shows up who Paul, who Harry seemed kind of like, oh, this girl's kind of cute. Her name was Lakshmi. I don't remember. Paul had a name too. And I don't remember. It was like a long name. And they're like, come on, just come on. Don't everyone's welcome. Come on, let's sit down for a little bit. And the, I want to say the priest or the leader comes out and they do this chanting for a while of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, which I feel like I've heard that. I don't know if I heard it again from airplane, which is a terrible representation of whatever it really is. Uh, but Harry was just kind of like, whatever, whatever. And the girl kept whispering the lyrics, the words into his ear so he'd get it. And remember, from previous listener emails, uh, Harry is a creep. Okay? So this girl's whispering, whispering, whispering into his ears. And you're thinking, he's probably thinking, oh, yeah, this is, I'll do anything for this girl. And boom, he starts just getting into the chanting, chanting and chanting. And Hari Krishna, 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 Hari, Hari. He really got into it. And when they stopped chanting, he kept going. That's how big he was into it. And Kinsey's finally like, come on, let's, let's, let's get out of here. Let's go get something to eat. Um, and what happens? They go to this diner. And he's like, listen, 
I need you to help me. I, I, I love Lakshmi. I want to start a life with her. Um, and it was like, but I need your help. And Harry's like, oh, great. Here it is. I, I, you're asking for money. He's like, I'm not asking for money. I can't, I can't give you a job. There's no jobs, you know. No, I'm not looking for a job. What I'm looking for is you to read this. And he takes out, it's a, it's a spec script for Star Trek. So what a spec script is, is uh, like, let's say you are an aspiring writer. You could write spec scripts, meaning speculative, meaning you didn't, you weren't hired to write for a TV show, but you watch a TV show, you know a TV show, so you try writing an episode of a TV show. I feel like there was like years and years ago, like these kids wrote a spec script for Tiny Toons. Um, and Steven Spielberg like actually ended up producing the episode of their script. I feel like people have made have become famous or become actual writers from writing Simpsons spec scripts and Seinfeld spec scripts. They're just, you know, like, let's say I sat down and tried to write a script to, you know, Sunny in Philadelphia. That's a spec script because, again, I wasn't, now maybe I actually give it to them and they actually like it and then it becomes a real script. They go, oh, this was based on, you know, just something that's submitted. So that's what this was. This was a, a script called the Negron Complex. And, ha and he's like, I just need you to read it. Can you get it to your people? I want it to be the season opener for next year at Star Trek. And Harry's like, if there is a next season. Now, I don't know what year this exactly the Star Trek thing is, but Star Trek is a giant story, uh, giant, you know, popular intellectual property, uh, science fiction world. But at first, it was just kind of a failed TV show. What was on three seasons, and it got it got canceled. So this maybe he, that was his way. Maybe that was a clever way of them saying that Star, Star Trek was getting canceled at that point. They did they did get a second another season, but I know they were talking about NBC, and I want to say that Star Trek was on two networks, like it was on NBC, then on CBS. I think it was one of those shows. I could be wrong, but. Um, he's like, I think this is the greatest thing I've ever written. It's called the Negron Complex. Uh, I really want you to read it, and I, I want you to get it to the maybe get it to the executives at NBC or into Mister Roddenberry's hands. And Harry's like, uh, I don't know if I can do that. It's not really how it works. He's like, oh, Come on, you don't. You spend so much. You do so much advertising and buying for NBC. You, you don't think you could get them to read it? And even Harry was like, oh, Okay, I can see what I can do. He's like, at least just read it. Read the first 15 pages. If you can't, you know, if you don't like it, that's fine. Just please try reading it. Um, he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, I will. So, um, oh, I think like my fridge just went on. It was very loud. You know what, folks? I think this is a perfect time to take a nice break and hear a word from our sponsor. Okay, so where I was last talking was that Kinsey gave um, Harry his spec script for Star Trek. So Harry comes in to work uh, the next day or a couple days later, and he sees Peggy, and he's like, listen, I need you to do me a favor. Can you read this? And can you... He's like, what is this? He goes, um, it's from Kinsey, uh, and... Oh, he no, he, that's what he says. He goes, how come you never... Um, thought of Kinsey when you, we brought in Ginsburg. She's like, oh, he, he, he wasn't submitted. He's like, oh. She goes, but you never thought of him? 
She goes, well, I thought he was working at this firm and this firm and that firm and this firm and then the A&P, which I think is a grocery store, but I'm not sure. So it just kind of seems like she knew that he was bouncing around to all these different firms, never really stuck anywhere. And that's probably what led him to maybe becoming Harry Krishna because it was like he was looking for something. I'm not even sure if what he's looking for is this because in the conversations he was having with Harry, he was like, you know, I don't really, he likes the girl. Lakshmi, who was actually a woman named Janet, who had drug and alcohol problems. She cleaned up and found her calling, and he's there for her. It seems like he's only there for the girl. He loves the girl. He wants to be with the girl, so he's there, but he doesn't really care about it that much. He's like, he doesn't even think the, the, the head guy likes him. It was like, he just felt really like you could see he was kind of in a crisis of confidence, crisis of identity, where he's like, I did this, and I'm trying this, and I'm doing this, and I want this girl, but he really just wants to write science fiction. Um, we already have a good sci- or a good writer in Sterling Cooper, Draper Price. And uh, even though he's not supposed to be writing, Ken Cosgrove still writes. Um, so, anyway, he says, can you please read the, the script? You know, um... I just need a second person to read it. And Peggy's like, the, the Negron, Negron complex. And he's like, it's pronounced Negron. And it, so it rhymes with Katan, which is what the Negrons pick, uh, when, because they are slaves of the Kakasan. And it took me a second. I was like, wait, what? Oh, wait, they're saying they pick cotton and they are slaves of the Kakasan, which is Caucasian. And I was like, that's not really that clever. And guess what? It isn't because apparently the script's not very good. Uh, and she, he said, uh, yeah, he goes, she's like, oh, I thought there'd be a twist. He goes, oh, the twist is the Negrons are white. Oh, great. And she's like, um, he, oh, um, Pete, oh, not Pete. Um, Harry's like, you know, he worked really hard. It, it was really hard for him to make this. And she's like, well, maybe, maybe that's the thing. You know, if it, if it was this hard for him to do something not that wasn't very good, uh, maybe it's not for him. Just tell him the truth. Um, so later on in Harry's office, there's a knock at the door, and it said, hey, um, there's someone named Lakshmi here. And he's like, oh, please see her in. And he gets, he gets up, and he puts his jacket on, he tries to look really good. And the secretary brings Lakshmi in. Uh, so it's, her name's Janet. Brings Lakshmi in. And she's like, thank you very much. She goes, you know, I, when I talked to my wife about meeting a nanny, I, I really appreciate you being here. Saying this also, the secretary thinks that, that, that this is a nanny candidate. They close the door. And they start talking. Um, and she's like, I have, I, you know, I, I have stopped thinking about you. I'm on fire for you. I'm married. no. He said, uh, what about Paul? He goes, I don't, he goes, we're not together. That's not how this works. I don't belong to him. He, she, he goes, well, I have a wife. She goes, well, I burn for you. Does your wife burn for you? And uh, that was enough for creep Harry. You remember, Harry is, is uh, what was it, uh, scum or something like that? I forget what I read from that email a couple weeks ago. But um, I thought that was pretty funny. Just thinking of seeing Harry now and thinking back to that email. Uh Harry's like, okay. She moves a few things on the desk, bends over, and says, take me like this. And Harry, you can see Harry light up like, whoa, all right. Now, my first 
thought was, should you lock the door? You know, I, I mean, I, I guess people don't just walk in on offices, but should you lock your door? Is it locked? And you could see people walking by outside. That didn't seem to bother Harry. He apparently made love to this Lakshmi. He'd made Lakshmi love. And after he was sitting there, he's like, oh, that was great. And she's like, listen, I need you to stay away from Paul. She does not want to hurt you. I don't want you to encourage him with those terrible science fiction scripts. She wants him in the movement, in the Hare Krishna. She wants him buying in completely, and she doesn't want any distractions of anything else. And Harry's a distraction. He's like, well, what do you, wh- why are you telling me this? And she goes, that's why I'm, I gave you, you know, I was giving you the, uh, the only thing I had to offer. He's like, you already gave it to me, meaning sex. She slaps him across the face, says, you stay away from him completely. And you know what? Harry, as much as he is a tool, seemed to have a conscience because he ignored Lakshmi and he, he went to meet um, Harry. I mean, he went to meet uh, Kinsey at a diner. And this was pretty funny, actually, because he's like, listen, um, I talked to the executives and legally, they can't take the script. They really liked it, but they can't take the script. And you can't contact them. And you can never talk to them about the script. Meaning, he didn't do anything. He didn't do a friggin' thing. But he's like, listen, you can't do this here. This is your future. And he gives him a folder, a little envelope. So there's $500 in here and a bus ticket to California. I think, right, was the bus ticket too? He says, I want you to go to California and I want you to start. There's nothing for you here. This, I, I want you to leave the Hare Krishnas, leave, you know, don't forget about Lakshmi, she just holds you back, and I want you to go. And he goes, all these people promise, say they're going to help me, and you're the only one who has. Gives him a big hug, and I guess this is the end of Kinsey. Maybe he does go to California, maybe he does start writing scripts. We'll see. It'd be funny if, like, next year we see him, he's got all his hair back, and he's a Hollywood elitist. Like, not a Hollywood elitist, but you know how he, in those early seasons he was smoking his pipe and he was like I'm an intellectual and I'm a scholar and I want him to kind of be that way in Hollywood too like I want him to go and actually make it I hope he does I hope there's something with that like I this was a weird little moment for him to bring him back I hope there's a payoff that we see someday that'd be fun to see um I think that really covered that episode that part of the episode there the last thing was, you know, at the end of the uh, episode, they were talking about the Christmas bonuses coming and uh, and the Jaguar, and they had they wanted to make a big announcement to let everyone know. Uh, but there was a bit of an issue. Oh, Lane Price, you never have any luck. So Mohawk Air is going on strike. Now they're not leaving the firm, but they are suspending all business. Why are they not spending any advertising dollars while they're on strike? Which makes sense, but that means no money's coming in to the firm. Which means the fifty thousand dollars that the surplus they had is going to be coming in handy because they need that money. But Lane needed that money. In fact, that money wasn't even there. That was credit, so Lane could kind of fraudulently do Christmas bonuses to pay for his taxes, and now. They're like, well, uh, we shouldn't do Christmas bonuses. And Lane's like, damn it, no, we need a Christmas celebration. He makes it seem like he's really into this Christmas bonus, but, you know, we know the truth. And finally they're like, well, you know, Bert's like, 
well, maybe just the uh, partners will uh, defer then. And, you know, uh, Lane's like, even the junior partners? Yes, until, you know, until we know for sure what happens. Basically, everyone else gets a, a Christmas bonus, just not the partners. So everything Lane did to, um, to actually get the money worked. But to actually get the money in his pocket and get it kind of untraced didn't work because now there's going to be 7,500 missing. Now he does the books, right? So I'm not sure how he's going to account for that or if he's just, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but it's funny. They called everyone in the, in the, in the uh, meeting and they went in to um, tell people that, uh, you know, we want to let you know. Oh, and, um, what's his name? Oh my God, I can't remember. Oh, uh, 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 Roger. Roger's like Lane. Tell him. So Lane goes on to say, um, you know, uh, Mohawk Air is on strike, and because of that, um, we were going to deliver you Christmas bonus, everyone Christmas bonuses, but now the partners have decided to defer for their part, and everyone's just kind of standing there like, what? Roger says. We're, you're all getting Christmas bonuses. None of us are. And everyone cheered and clapped and, and was very happy. Uh, and then Pete decided to tell them that they were going to, they're in the running for Jaguar. And everyone's like, cool, cool, cool. Throughout this episode, Pete was like, you could see he was really excited about this and no one was as excited about it. Bert said that the, the Jaguars are lemons. Uh, Rogers, you know, um, um, Don was like, you know, this is a, a pipe dream. It's a wish list. But, you know, let me know when something's real. And even when Pete was saying this, you know, it wasn't, there's nothing, there's, it's it's exciting because maybe it's going to happen, but it's not like news where it's like, this happened and let's celebrate. We, we got a win. They're trying to get a win. They don't have the win yet. Um, but then Don gives this great speech and he's like, I just want to say a couple of things. Uh, you know, last year at this time, um, we were, you know, we weren't sure where this firm was going to be. And now take, we're taking a leap into like, um, greatness. And, you know, it's, we have six weekends or whatever until, uh, the pitch and we're going to spend them all here. We're going to spend Christmas here. We're going to spend New Year's here. We're going to work our asses off here so that when it's all said and done, you know, we're the firm, we're the firm with Jaguar where people, you know, we'll be on the map, the firm that has Every firm has a car. We'll be on the map with our car. Blah, blah, blah. Gives a great speech. And the people are clapping for him. So they clap for the Christmas bonus. They clap for Don's speech. And Pete was just like, oh, I have something very exciting to tell you. And no, everyone was like, oh, that's great. That's great. So Pete didn't get his due. Don took it from him. And I love it. Um, everyone's clapping. And then Don, um, like creative, my office, the creative team leaves, which is Peggy, Stan, Ginsburg and everyone's excited and you see Lane with this look on his face like oh great oh shit I've got to figure out what to do with $7,500 uh, this is not how I talk I'm not from Liverpool I'm not sure if that's a Liverpool accent um, and that was really it now there was a, a scene there was a moment that I forgot to talk about um, Roger had some moments in this episode and I would think it was it was Pearl Harbor Day. And what does he do on Pearl Harbor Day? He got drunk. He drank in the morning. Later on, he's walking around a Christmas, like, colorful Christmas shirt. 
didn't really care. It was like three sheets to the wind. Um, and he talked to Joan a little bit and he, he seemed like he wanted to say to her that he wants to be part of her life. He wants to be part of Kevin's life because he's Kevin's dad. She doesn't want it at all. She doesn't want anything to do, any money from anything. He's like, I told you, I'd take care of him until college. She didn't want that. She didn't want that at all. Um, so there was that. And I still feel like those two kids should be together. God damn it. Um, and then later on, he brings flowers into her. And he's like, how many times have I brought another man's, you know, seeing you reading a card from another man's flowers? The flowers said, your mom was good. And it said, Allie something. And I was like, wait, I heard that name earlier. And then I realized I'm pretty sure these flowers were sent by Don. And I think that was an inside joke. Right? I, I, I got that right. But I just thought I wanted to bring up that. And I wanted to bring up Roger um, offering to be a part of this kid's life. And Joan just kind of like, nope, no thanks. I'm good. And Joan's getting divorced. But good, because that husband is garbage. Um, Don's wife was upset, but... I think they'll get over it. She was just uh, a little emotional. Probably because Don is dismissive to acting and how he's, is he being dismissive to uh, advertising? I don't know. It seemed like he was a little distraught there. Uh, he was drunk driving that Jaguar, but he was like, man, shifting. That was pretty good. Um, let's see. Lane Price. He's in a little bit of hot water. No, I don't even know what accent that was. He's in, um, he has got himself in a little bit of a pickle. Um, and he had a plan and every corner that he went for that plan, it didn't work. Um, the credit, he didn't get, I don't think he got as much as he wanted. The Christmas bonuses, he had to wait till Christmas to the point where he had to forge a check. And then the Christmas bonus isn't even happening to him. Oh, Hell, Lane, how are you going to get out of this one? Oh boy, we'll see. We'll, we will see. I, I'd like to, you know, I don't think this is the end of this. I feel like this, something's going to come up again with the money, the 7500 something. Um, they can't just bring up something this big. You know, something this big happened without nothing happening to it. Uh, and the Kinsey thing. I mean, the Harry thing was just like he, he, he sexed some woman, sexed her. In his office, uh, this woman was manipulative, and Harry's a creep, and he, uh, but he is a creep with a heart of some gold, because he seemed to help Kinsey out, even though his script was shit. Uh, he still wanted to um, to help him out, which I thought, you know, okay, there's something, there's some kind of endearment, endearment. That's a term, right? Get it? Boom. Movie title. Um, there's still something endearing about Harry. So I I don't completely hate him. In fact, I enjoy watching him. Like the character is, you know, um, he's really becoming like uh, a womanizing jerk. But I really like the way the actor delivers it, says the lines. Like he's a likable person to me. Uh not a likable person, but like, I guess his characteristics, the way he talks, his little one-liners, his jokes, I enjoy that. Uh, his, like, neuroses, I enjoy that. Um, I like seeing it on screen. Now, he's not a nice person. That's completely separate from that. Uh, 
but it was fun to be with this much time with Harry. It's been a while. It's been a, even longer to see Kinsey. Uh, Joan got some moments, and um, yeah, that, I mean, those were the in lane. Uh, good to see these other characters getting a focus of things. This was the Christmas waltz. I wanted to know what was the Christmas waltz. I mean, it's Christmas time. And the waltz is a dance, and it's a dance. It seemed like the Christmas waltz to me was Lane. He was. This was his whole dance. Like he set up this whole dance, this routine where he had to dance around. I had to dance over here and uh, tell my wife, "We, I want you in town for Jaguar." Even though he has didn't seem to have too much to do with it, he he needs to stay in town. He wants you. Just he doesn't want to be in Christmas alone. He had to dance with the creditors to get fifty thousand dollars. He had to dance around with the team to t- to talk them into doing Christmas bonuses. He had to uh, dance quietly in the office so he could steal the money and write himself a check. So I believe that is the, what the Christmas waltz is to me, as far as the theme of the story. Uh, and I think, I think I nailed it. I think I'm done. Now, real, real quick, I want to pull up my. I'm making too much noise. I want to pull up my Instagram really quick. Do, do, do. Click, 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 click. And I want to give a shout out to a Mr. J. Perry in the state of Texas, USA. He sent me a message that said, Hey man, just want to say keep up the great work with the Made Man podcast. It's one of the things I look forward to every week. And go Red Sox. He's a Red Sox fan in Texas. You know how hard that is? You know, I lived in Florida for a year. And I have to tell you, living in Florida as a Red Sox fan is easy. Because most of the people are from out of town. Most of them are from New York or Florida or Massachusetts or Philadelphia. You know, they're, they're just fans from all over the place. You're not like, oh, I'm in, I'm in you know, Tampa Bay uh, uh, Rays country here. No one cared about the Rays where I lived. Everyone was from everywhere else. But you're in Texas. Whether, I don't know exactly where in Texas, but they have the Rangers. They have the Astros. You know, there's a, there's a fan, hardcore baseball fans out there. Uh, not to mention uh, football fans. I don't know. I'm, I, he didn't say anything about football. I'm assuming he's probably, you know, uh, a Texans or a Cowboys fan. If you're a Patriots fan out there, my God, then you're in trouble. I think that's crazy. That's even crazier. Uh, go Pats, by the way. And um, just want to say, Jay, thank you for listening. That's awesome. Uh, I love it, and I hope you enjoy the shout-out that I just gave you. Uh, I told you, if you email me, maidman at fans.experts.com, if you tweet me at maidmanpod, and you... Uh, if you say something nice, I mean, I'm like, I'm not going to say something. I'm not going to read. You know what? If you say something crappy, I guess I'll read it too. Whatever. Um, but I will give you a shout out. I'll give you a read. Uh, and you know where to find me. All these links to the Twitter and to the uh, to the Facebook page, which I never select. I have like little messages on there from other podcasts I do. And I'm like, oh, I should probably click on those. But I never want to because I haven't done the podcast in a while. And so I'm like, let me just put it off. Let me just put it off. Made Man, I'm here for you every week. So it's a lot easier for me to talk to you guys. Because this is my favorite podcast to do. Because it's just me talking. 
There's no preparation. There's no writing. There's no production. I mean, obviously, you could tell this is this is a this is a a quick operation where I hit record and I just go, um, which is what makes it so much fun. And it's amazing to me that people are out there listening to this. Amazing. Uh, so I just want to thank you guys constantly, every week. You know, I, as I say, this podcast doesn't get huge numbers. We don't have a huge listenership. There's not tons of downloads, but it's very consistent. Meaning you guys come back week after week to listen to me talk about a show that hasn't been on the air for years. And I hope when this is done, you guys will follow me onto whatever the next adventure is. Because I want to do other shows. Maybe they're shows I've watched already and I just want to rewatch them. Maybe the shows I've never seen before, just like Mad Men, and I watch it for the first time. But I enjoy this kind of once a week, hit and record, and just talking. Um, I have, I have diarrhea of the mouth sometimes, and um, I'm glad I could share my diarrhea with you. That, that doesn't sound right. That does not sound right at all. And I knew the moment I was saying it that I should probably stop, but at the same time I thought, well, this is kind of clever. I'm going to say it. And I did. So, my friends, let's just get it, everything out of the way again. If this is the first time you found us, fansonexperts.com slash man. Everything's there for you to subscribe. We do an episode every week. And by we, I mean me. Uh, again, the, tw- the email is maidman at fansonexperts.com. The Twitter is at maidmanpod. And until next week, I want to say thank you for listening. Have a great week, everybody. And I want to thank you. Oh, here, here it comes. Here's the voice. Oh, it's almost just like it just turns on. It, it has a mind of its own. And it's like, oh, it's time for me to talk. It's time for that nerdy high voice to go away. And this cool, kind of like Wolfman Jack sounding voice to come in and say thank you. Um, um, it's like you ever watch that Sunday countdown on ESPN? ESPN. NFL Countdown. It's like that guy. Uh, oh, see, I could just slip right in and out of it. Wow, what talent. Uh, so I, I want to say thank you so much for listening. And thank you as I... <clears throat> I was going to cough there. As I go on this journey to become a maid. Oh, man, I'm going to cough really bad. <coughs> Excuse me. You know what? I have a little Dunkin' Donuts... As I strive to become a made man. Good night. Fans not experts.